0: As we go move further into Aquarius, of course, it is a great opportunity. You know, the, we've survived, we've hung on, we've, we've flexed, we've um, stood stood ground where we minim- minimally had to stand ground to prevent the you know the whole train from running off the bridge into the into the gully. So now there's this opportunity to really build something going forward. It's based on a different premise, and it's not an opportunity you want to pass up because after all of that work through the four years in 2020. After succeeding in seeing the different way we have to go, to not really go there, is, it would be crazy.
1: So I'm going through my mind and trying to think about what is it we learned in the last four years? And people, I mean, were stunned over and over and over again that things that were considered norms in our political life were torn up and thrown out the window and burned and there was no consequences from it. Yeah. And so for me, the lesson that I got from that is that, um, and I think that it's like it was something that was always there, but we didn't really see it, that there are a group of people who believe that power and uh, the, the power to govern is it's not about democracy. It's about raw and unfettered power.
0: Yeah, yeah, power for its own sake. A goal of just retaining power as a somehow an acceptable premise to a certain group of people that exposes, I think, a kind of a vulnerability, a kind of fragility that democracy represents. It doesn't take care of itself. Yeah, It takes uh, vigilance, courage, constant communication, constantly holding the light up to a path that is uh, inclusive of people, inclusive of, inclusive of humanity and humanistic in its basic approach. But again, that's a fragile landscape and it is subject to upset by somebody who's turned in or a group of people who's turned in in self-righteous arrogance.
1: Yeah, the thing I think before before 2016, I think it would be really difficult to convince anybody that, that this runs so deep. Uh-huh. But now it's out there. It cannot be put back in the closet. Everybody knows.
0: Yeah, and that's it's opened the door of opportunity for dealing with this thing because when you don't understand, you don't realize what's going on, And there's no opportunity to really find the answer that the problem is carrying in its hands when it comes to you, you know, the gift that the challenge is holding. But it takes hard work. It if it takes translation that is hard work, then it's translation where you just have to fucking bear down. Yeah. On yourself and your way of thinking, and then come to your fifth step and stand by that, and goddamn it, stand by it.
1: Yeah, and call it forth. Speak it forth. Right. Yeah. So when you were talking earlier about, you know, democracy needs attention and paying attention, to me, the one important part of that is that it, it needs attention that, that is connected to principle, like the founding documents, which are totally Enlightenment documents, and they're, they're all about principles, the principle of freedom, the principle of good governments. And, you know, if men were angels, there would be no need for government, but men are not angels. And so we must have government. (laughs) Wow, what is the best way to do government where the evil side of men's nature, the evil angels don't get the upper hand?
0: Yeah, exactly. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Those are based on certain kinds of principles. And they're they're worthy goals if they're understood. And they're they're basic and alienable rights of all people. That has to constantly be illuminated. It's very easy for, again, there's that Call it our hunter wiring, perhaps. I don't know. We have to continually shine a light in our daily activities, in our speech, certainly in our actions, shine a light on on the necessity of that, including everyone in our decision making. Uh The governance of men is not to control or to have the power over all the others. It's to constantly provide a, a dialogue that leads to actions which ensure the inclusiveness of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it must be collective. It has to involve us all. And we've learned that from the pandemic. What we can do if we start including everyone in our thinking, the example of the hell-bent for leather, non-mask wearers, they've sort of highlighted by their actions the absolute necessity that we all get involved in this thing together. And for those people who, in order to overcome the pandemic, have had to make shifts in their lives that have put their ability to feed their families in jeopardy. Rethinking economic principles, ways of doing business. The answer to that, the approaches and the solutions have to be for everyone. And God knows for those yet unborn reaching into the future.
1: Right. So that, you know, brings us right back to the whole climate issue because. Sure. Yeah, things are getting pretty bad. Yeah. So just to bring us back to Aquarius, just for the record, we need to say what we're talking about is the, the shift of Saturn and Jupiter. Both planets are, have moved into Aquarius now. And that means that we expect a shift of emphasis in terms of uh, cultural kind of values. What do you see in terms of what these two planets mean in Aquarius? So Saturn will be there for two and a half years. Jupiter, I looked, and Jupiter is actually, it's not even going to be a whole year in Aquarius. Then in fact, we've got not, not a whole year of the time ahead of us when they're both in
0: Aquarius and It's an opportunity, but we probably can't really dally with it. We can't sort of sit back and wait for things to unfold and solve themselves. Mm -hmm. Certainly in our way of thinking about this.
1: Do do you see Aquarius as being like a progressive energy? Well, yes. Aquarius, the thrust of it from
0: the point of view of survival dynamics, of course, is to look to the future and what it needs for individuals to improve their lives with each other, which means speaking truth. Thinking that is inclusive of others, thinking that is basically cooperative in its nature as opposed to competitive. Yeah. Aquarius, I believe, looks to relationships and understanding in language and actions between people as the priority as opposed to acquisition of stuff of more Capricornian priorities.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's really helpful to contrast the two. Yeah. Because it's been in Capricorn now for quite some time, right? And it's it has been all about Capricorn stuff, institutions, power, um, ambition, a lot of stuff like that, mm-hmm.
0: right? Acquisition of you know who dies with the most toys. When the price of that is something we've overlooked in terms of the quality of life for ourselves on this planet, and I think we have to make the premise the quality of life for all of us together, which puts acquisition of stuff somewhere way back down the list. Perhaps going forward, preserving the best of institutions that have existed in the past and are useful for people to understand and work with each other on a humanistic basis. You know, it's, we haven't really been the best role model as a nation, certainly these last four years, in terms of creating peace on earth and goodwill toward all men. So it's a really, a, it starts with you and me as an individual, But every translation, every idea, every matanoia that's explored for possible ways of implementation simply must include everyone as much as possible. The mutual value that we all are to ourselves and to each other, which means recognizing the divinity in ourselves to tread around a possibly traditional idea, but I think divinity in a different kind of way. The Gnostic version of divinity, really the true Gnostic version of divinity.
1: Yeah, which is uh, divinity in you and the divinity in the other one too. Yes. And one of the, to me, the great things about the Gnostic tradition is that there is this thing called oblivion, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a device to talk about what happens to things that have no divinity in them. Basically, they come from oblivion, and they are of oblivion, and they return to oblivion, which is to say nothingness. Yeah. And, um, you know, theoretically, thinking about it is one thing, but understanding, like we do in translation, that when you come to understand the truth about something that's bugging you, some error, mm-hmm. that the error returns to oblivion. It, it isn't. It never had any substance at all. Exactly. So this is right up our alley, and I I do I do agree with you that Aquarius um, it does have that future vision almost to a fault, you know, because they don't often think about what's going on right now. <laughs> 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 yes, my father, my father had I think something like six
0: factors in Aquarius in his chart. Oh my God. And one of my great complaints used to be his remoteness. Yeah. And through the work of Translation in RHS, as far as my experience is concerned, came to understand that his preoccupation with the future was his best way of showing love. Wow. But, uh, yeah, Aquarius can be, re- be pretty remote in the way it hits you emotionally. And I think that's what we're doing here. We're talking about a kind of approach to thinking through our problems where we have to start from a, a different kind of premise that has a sort of in the wilderness here for a bit, where assumptions that we might try to lean on, prove not to be helpful to us. So there's something about Aquarius that has that going going for it. But the opportunity is there for future building. That's a, a fantastic tool if we keep our premises straight about what our intention really is.